At Atlas Copco, we strive to be the most attractive industrial company in our target markets. Our strong culture of innovation is a result of having great people on board, committed and encouraged to grow and reach their full potential. With the belief that passionate people makes the difference, we are exploring a new channel to deep dive into topics within people management. We call it the People Podcast. For those of you who've listened to our previous episodes, welcome back. We have decided to podcast on a quarterly basis, and the program today is our third release. My name is Dorna Shafi, VP Talent Management for the group, and today I have the privilege to host our People Podcast. With me, I have Cecilia Sandberg, Head of HR for the Atlas Copco Group, and our President and CEO, Mats Ramström. Our topic for today will be how do you create high-performing teams? How important is psychological safety in doing so? And how do we ensure that we have the best leadership in place to make it happen? So for all of you with a passion for people, please join us. Cecilia, most welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So let's get started and elaborate a bit on building blocks for successful teams. There is a saying that there is no team without trust. So with trust, of course, comes transparency and the belief that all ideas are welcomed, encouraging open discussion and dialogue. Another common trait of high-performing teams is that everyone shares the same understanding about what the team is trying to accomplish. Finally, accountability and clear agreed-upon roles, as well as measures of success, will ensure that smooth collaboration that distinguishes good teams from great ones. So, Cecilia, if I start with you, mm -hmm. what, in your opinion, are the key ingredients to create a high-performing team? As you just concluded, Dorna, I believe the foundation is trust and the ability to create that open, sharing and caring environment. The feeling that mistakes are allowed as long as we learn from them and we take them as learning opportunities. I think that high-performing teams have one thing in common, and that is psychological safety, meaning the belief that you won't be punished when making a mistake. Mm -hmm. There is plenty of research on the topic of psychological safety. How would you describe this concept, Cecilia? Mm -hmm. Well, studies show that psychological safety allows for moderate risk-taking, where people dare to speak their minds, resulting in creativity, sticking your neck out without fear of having it cut off. If you want to create an environment where people dare to reveal errors, two things need to be in place. First, the belief that you will not be rejected. And secondly, the belief that the team is capable of using this new information to generate useful results. In today's fast-paced environment, the need to ask questions, seek help and tolerate mistakes, all when colleagues and team members are watching, is probably more important than ever. So what could this mean in practice then? No, well, I got a great comment the other day from one of my mentors in the revised mentoring program that I'm involved in saying, you seldom get a no to try out an idea here, and there's always people willing to help you out. I mean, for us to nurture that open, curious, and entrepreneurial culture is essential to drive innovation and business success. Without a safe space for failing and learning, innovation will never happen. 
Right. So if creating an open, sharing, and caring environment is key, how important is the team constellation? I mean, the actual people around the table making the decisions. There is plenty of research indicating that diversity of mind in a team is essential to team performance and long-term success. So Mats, when you came on board as our CEO, you recruited four out of eight people in your management team. What did you consider in relation to complementary skills, perspectives, and experiences that each member should bring to the table? When it comes to building teams, being the CEO is no different than any other management role. You always need forward-looking and performance-driven that people that can really collaborate and work towards a common goal. In my experience, you should always start by evaluating your team's current expertise and competence and what you need to move forward. This is even more important than working on your strategy because a great team can work wonders with a strategy that is okay, but the low performing or even dysfunctional team will probably not be helped even by a perfect strategy. Right. So how would you usually go about doing this then? Well, I normally start by looking at my own strengths and weaknesses and how to complement them. The number one risk when recruiting is choosing copies of yourself, and this will only make the team weaker. So I really try to avoid that. The next step of the analysis is what you need to meet the strategy, the challenges and the current business trend. Normally you inherit a team, so this is a long-term task. You need to take it step by step, and this is actually often the best way. Otherwise, you might lose important knowledge and experiences and struggles and achievements. So I think we're a lot of people who are curious. Tell us a bit more about your team. I'm very lucky. I have a very motivated management team, including my functional leads with specialist knowledge in their respective fields and the four business area presidents with their specific technologies and business opportunities. All the members are very experienced. They know what to do to really reach their goals. And the team is also a mix of strengths, nationalities and gender. It's internal and external experience. And we often say that diversity makes us stronger. And I really believe this is the reason why we stay so successful. Innovations comes from seeing things differently and new ways. Different is really good. I fully agree. Thank you for for sharing that, Mats. Um, So research indicates that psychological safety and the attitude of let's try the idea and see if it works can lead to market breakthroughs. Mats, would you be able to share an example with us where you have seen this come to life in Atlas Copco? In my experience, the best ideas come from teams or people who are trying to solve a real everyday problem that our customers are facing. These unique inventors have such a strong drive and willingness to succeed that they can't be stopped in principle. I've seen it happen many, many times and it's so inspirational having a clear mission and knowing that it will help someone else clearly powers innovation. Indeed. So how do you encourage and enable these inventors across the group then? We challenge our R&D departments to find new ideas that can future-proof our leading technologies and build our business. 
And that this verse preserving will be scaled up and eventually become part of our product offer. But challenging this status quo and being creative is not enough. You also need to make sure it happens. And the way I see it, it's not real an innovation until it's used by our customers. Then we know it's for real. One example could be the new electric powered portable compressor that helps our customers reduce cost, carbon emissions, and, and also reduce noise levels. This is a good example of how our innovation not only benefits our customer, but also society as a whole. Great example. Thank you, Mats. Uh, Cecilia, back mm-hmm. to what you said before. I need to ask, why is it so important to ensure that psychological safety? Mm-hmm. When we as human beings feel safe, our ability to become more open-minded, resilient and motivated increases. If we feel positive emotions like trust and curiosity, we will increase our capability of finding new solutions. So when teams feel challenged but not threatened, they can keep that broad building mode that is so needed in a fast-paced environment. So if we want our employees to be engaged, creative and continue to grow, we need to work hard on creating a workplace and a climate that fosters psychological safety. I totally agree. And that's the kind of culture can only be built through good leadership. This is also the reason we make a lot of efforts to ensure we have the right leadership skills in place for the future. Yeah, so let's elaborate a a bit on the leadership challenges moving forward and the kind of disruptive leadership needed. So with the only certainty being that business will only face greater uncertainty, research suggests a new and, and very different type of leader is required. So to beat disruption, leaders literally need to disrupt themselves. So their thoughts, their behaviors, and their decisions. And if I start with you, Mats, what's your view on this? Well, modern leaders must know how to bring people on board and engage them. And they then trust them to fly on their own. The leaders we are looking for should drive rather than dictate. And listen rather than telling people what to do. We want our leaders to create networks and partnerships and not ivory towers. They must also be ready to keep on learning and challenge both themselves and their business skills. Self-disruptive leaders embrace potential and don't think they know best. You could say that the leaders of tomorrow need to be focused, trusting and brave enough to make decisions that is needed. Thanks, Mats. And what do you think, Cecilia? Well, I fully agree. We are facing a demanding leadership challenge going forward indeed. Disruptive digital business models and an increased need for speed that requires ongoing shift to team-based work practices. Leaders are asked to work more collaboratively across functions and learn how to operate in networks of teams. The need to develop and drive your team virtually and from a distance is obvious. Altogether, this will be more the norm rather than the exception. Right. Uh, And what leadership capabilities do we need then for the future? And and how ready are we to adapt? What do you think, Cecilia? Well, it's a good question, Dorna, because this is a sort of a double-edged sword for us. We need leaders who can manage operations, make decisions, and manage the bottom line. But we also know that we need to develop those future-ready leaders who can thrive in an agile network organization, build and lead diverse and virtual teams, handle a rapid evolving technology-driven business environment, and at the same time ensure innovation and continuous learning, and not to forget run business as usual at the same time. 
Now, that is for sure a challenge. Uh, in what way will this change the leadership style needed? Mats, what's your view? When working in agile teams, cross-functional teams, you will lead people that know more and have more information than you do yourself. You will be the one asking them questions and not the other way around. This is a different way of leading and managers need to reshape their leadership style to create an environment where the team feels empowered to collaborate and build on each other's competences. Right. Well, our leaders are, of course, not the only ones facing this challenge. Research indicate that the majority of current leaders are simply not demonstrating the necessary learning agility, social and emotional intelligence, and the ability to be both self-confident and at the same time humble, which being a self-disruptive leader actually requires. Demonstrating the ability to anticipate, to drive, partner, and then trust might be regarded as essential and obvious attributes common to all leaders. But research actually reveals that only 15% of today's leaders actually have a good mix of these qualities. Good news is, however, that these are skills and qualities that can be developed. Cecilia, we are piloting a new way of developing future-ready leaders. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I believe it is a combination of developing new competences and putting them into a new context. We need to ensure a culture that supports the ability to manage uncertainty and lead through change. As you pointed out, Dorna, we are reshaping the way we develop leaders from uh, standalone face-to-face -face programs covering all possible development needs in one go to a modular approach with focused areas of contact, including pre- and post-work. With a modular setup, we will give leaders the possibility to create their own learning journey, offering both virtual as well as face-to-face -face modules, all based on needs and not enforcing a one-size-fits-all approach. Now, I'm for one very excited about this. Mats, what's your view on this new setup? I really look forward to following this development and to watch our leaders grow. I also hope to get the chance myself to develop. I'm a strong believer of driving your own development. And this is also one of the core beliefs in our group. Uh, we put our people in the driver's seat and give them the opportunity to develop if they have the motivation and they will do so. If we can offer targeted learning modules without formal nomination processes, where you as a leader can create your own personalized journey, I think we are well on the way to meet the future expectation, both from customers and employees. We are getting closer to the end, and we started out asking the question, how do you create high-performing teams? How important is psychological safety? And how do we ensure that we have the right leadership in place to make it happen? So Mats, here goes the big question. What is most important, the leadership of the team or the combination of team members? I really believe it's a combination of both. We talked about modern leadership and the importance of creating a safe environment for your people to boost creativity and innovation. But it is as important to have a diverse team where everyone brings their perspective, experience and personalities to the table. Then you can build on each other's strengths and shortcomings and reach much further. Diversity is key. I love that end note. Thank you so much, Mats and Cecilia, for joining us today, talking about what makes a high-performing team 
and what it will take from the leadership to make it happen. Thank you. Thank you for having us. To our listeners out there, thanks for joining us. All the best and take care. 